Jones there has first down, wide open it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me, taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not, they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin Anafrio. And unfortunately, we got to start the show with some sad news, as the as unfortunately John Madden passed away at 85 years old last night. I mean, obviously, I mean he connected with every generation. Started out, you know, as the head coach of the Raiders uh, from 19 from 1969 to 1978. Won won the Super Bowl. We all won that Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings when he had Kenny Stabler. And uh, Dave Casper, he won that Super Bowl against the Vikings, 32-14. to 14. That was his only Super Bowl championship. And then he went into the – after 1978, after he retired, he went into the broadcast booth. And he, it was the legendary broadcast team of John Madden and Pat Summerall. I mean, it started with the, with the NFL on CBS, him, him and Pat Summerall always doing those big games. I mean, those big Giants games in the 80s, those big, uh, co- those big Cowboy games in the 90s. And then Fox bought the NFL package from CBS. He then went over to Fox, and he and, he, and at Fox he, uh, he he was he again was teamed with uh, Pat Summerall. They were the number one team. Did a bunch of obviously those Cowboy games. Did a couple Super Bowls, and then his final broadcast. I don't know if Justin, I don't know if Justin, you're probably too young to remember this though. His final broadcast was that Patriots Rams Super Bowl when Adam Vinatieri kicked that game-winning field goal. It was his final broadcast at Fox. Then he went over to ABC to do uh, to do Monday Night Football with uh, with uh, Al Michaels. Then he, he did Sunday Night Football for three years. Then he retired from broadcasting. So, and but I think what everybody, actually our generation, remember him for is for the video game. I mean, I played Madden religiously as a kid. I played it all the time as a kid. Justin, you probably played it growing up. Even your producer today, Joe, he probably played it too. Uh, so, I mean, Mad. Everybody played. A ton of people played Madden. This was a legendary video game. I think the most popular video game of all time. Uh, as you see, you see up on the screen all these Madden pictures. Uh, all the pic- all the pictures. I mean, you you. There was a time where you didn't want to be on the Madden cover because you thought it was a jinx. Because there was a stretch there where guys got hurt. But just 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 the video game was legendary. He his him as a head coach winning a Super Bowl was legendary. Got in the Hall of Fame in 2006 because of winning that Super Bowl. And then as a broadcaster, I mean, he I mean John Madden and Pat Summerall. There will not be a better team, better 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 team than Madden and Summerall uh, broadcasting a pro football game. I was lucky enough, you know. To be able to do that, for, I was lucky enough to hear Pat Summerall for most of my life. To hear Madden and Summerall as a as a kid, and they were the two best. There won't be any any two guys that are better broadcasting a football game than Madden and Summerall. Justin, your thoughts on John Madden? Yeah, John Madden, one of the best all time. Yeah, broadcast. I bet yeah, he's definitely the best. Um, you know, color analyst of all time. And you know, there'd never be another one. You know, his coaching record. 103, 30, you know, 103 wins, 32 losses, seven times. He's got the highest winning percentage of all time. As a coach, he won 16 Emmys as a, you know, for sports, sports personality, sports event analyst. Like, you're never going to see somebody win that many Emmys again. It's insane what he's been able to do. Um, yeah, absolutely with Hector. Hector yeah, just says, I feel like the next Madden, Madden game cover yeah. needs to pick. Yeah, absolutely. Without, without question, absolutely. There's no question yeah. about that. Yeah, I used to play Madden too all the time. Um, 
you know, I haven't the last few years that the game's kind of lost some of the qualities of the early generation. But yeah, like you, you know, everybody, yeah, used to play Madden. Um, that that and that that's something too. Like that's gonna live on forever. Like you know, they're never gonna change the Madden name. Like that's gonna be something. You know, 20, 30 years on the line, people are still gonna be kind of no. You know, you know, like after our generation of kind of like looking up John Madden that he's kind of the one that came up with the video game and all that. Like, you know, his kind of legacy is always going to live on. Uh, but it always should because he was such a, you know, he was a really good high coach, you know, and even a better broadcaster. You know, he was also the one I heard to this morning. He was the first – he was the person that came up with the broadcast of um, having, like, the yellow line for the first down, incorporating that into the broadcast and, and doing stuff like that and, and innovating it. So – yeah, John Madden, one of the best. Um, you know, I don't – I remember kind of more towards the end of NBC on Sunday nights. I can't believe it's already been 13 years since he left in 08. He retired. I, I can't believe it doesn't feel like it's been that long. But, you know, it has – he's one of the best of all time. So I was lucky to get – to at least kind of listen to him the last kind of few years there at NBC and Sunday Night Football. Um, but, yeah, one, one of the best of all time. And um, he's an absolute legend. Oh, without question, without question. And then, like I said, he connects to every generation. The older generation as a coach, I mean, the the, the people that are Joe's age, probably as, as like a broadcaster with the NFL on CBS, and then the NFL, then the NFL on Fox, and then people our age, you know, with 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 the NFL on Fox, Sunday Night Football, and and Monday Night Football. So he's and then obviously the video game. He's really connected to the younger generation because of the video game. I mean, it's just so so he just connects to every generation. That's that's why it was so sad last night to see him go. Yeah, it was absolutely because yeah, as you're right, he's kind of yeah connected with every generation. That's going to keep moving forward with that video game. He's been able to do it, and and it's going to continue on, which is so great. Because I think if you're a football fan, you got to be able, you got to kind of know who John Madden is to kind of know the legacy of what he's done. You know, at all the ranks of coaching, broadcasting, kind of you know innovating the Madden video game, um, and, and doing all that. So yeah, like he's a, been a huge part of growing the NFL in a, in a lot of areas. So absolutely. It took way too long for me to get the hall of fame too, but you know, I guess he, he you know, he's obviously in now, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's such a huge loss for the NFL to lose John Madden. Absolutely. 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 So we got to move on to the games this week and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with the big game in the AFC and that's between the chiefs and the Bengals. The chiefs headed Cincinnati to face the Bengals. I think this is going to be a great game between these two teams. I think the, uh, I think the Bengals are going to do what everybody has done against the chiefs, play that two deep coverage, limit the big plays. But I do think the chiefs will have success running the ball, even though they won't have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I still think they'll have success running the ball. I think Mahomes has a really good game, getting the ball to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I think with the Bengals, they have a good game too. I think the, I think the Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow, he was outstanding last week. I think he has another good week this week against the uh, against uh, another good week this week against the Chiefs defense. I think it's a close competitive game, but at the end, I'm going to go with the better quarterback, and the Chiefs are red hot. I mean, I, I just can't go against the Chiefs right now. They've won eight in a row. I think they win their ninth in a row on Sunday, and I got them beating the Bengals 27-23. But Justin, can Burrow continue to stay hot and lead the Bengals to the AFC North title? No, I get the Chiefs. I got them win another one. Um, I, I think Kansas City, by losing Travis Kelsey last week, not having him, and they lost Tyreek Hill to, you know, a quarter half into that game. I feel like the way he got everybody else involved, I think it's going to be, it's another huge key as he's, as Patrick Mahomes has been a lot better of trying to get everybody involved and trying to take, 
um, what the defense is giving them. And I think they do that once again. And I feel like, too, the Bengals kind of after an NFC North, some of these big wins they've had this year, the next week they really haven't looked as good. I know it's a different opponent now in Kansas City, but I think the way Patrick Mahomes playing in that defense, I think it's going to be a tough day for Cincinnati because I think Mahomes kind of figured out he's got to learn how to, you know, take what defense gives him. He's going to do that, and I think it's, you know, he spreads it around. He gets other guys involved this week. So I, I like the Chiefs to go on the road and win this one 27-17. to 17. Yeah, it should, should be a really good game. Obviously, if the Chiefs – and Joe just flashed on the screen. If the Chiefs win, they they get the number one seed. If they, if they win and the Titans lose. And then if the Bengals win, they win the AFC North. So a, a huge game with a ton of implications in the AFC playoff picture. But before we talk about the, the Pats Jaguars game, we'll talk a little about the AFC East and, and the three teams in it. Uh, we got the we got the we got the Bills in first with their win last week, the, the the Pats in second, and the Dolphins who've won seven in a row. They're in third. They still have an outside shot. J- Justin, right now, I think the Bills are going to win the division because I like their I like their schedule going forward. I get the, the Bills got the Falcons and the Jets at home. The the Patriots they got the Jaguars. They should win that, but they got to go to Miami. And then the Dolphins I think got the toughest schedule. They got to go to Tennessee and they got to play the. They got to play the Pats. So right now, as I said last week, I think if the Bills won last week, they were going to win the division. I definitely think they win the division because I think they got the easiest road. But Justin, who do you think wins the AFC East? Yeah, I got the Bills. There's no way they lose the Falcons or Jets in the next two weeks. I just can't see it. Um, Pats, they should destroy the Jaguars this week. But yeah, Miami's always a is always a trap game for them. So absolutely, I got the Bills at home. There's no way Matt Ryan comes in there, and there's no way Zach Wilson and the Jets go in there and beat them the next two weeks. So. Yeah, the Bills pretty much have this thing wrapped up. As long as they don't have any big COVID issues here and Josh Allen plays, they should be they should win the FC East. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, you never know with what's obviously what's been going on, but yeah, with the schedule right now, the Bills should yeah they they, they this is this is their division this is their division. They showed last week that the AFC East is still their division. You thought maybe you know a couple of weeks ago New England kind of took it back, they haven't. It's their division, and the big reason is because of Josh Allen. He just made those big plays, huge plays last week, especially on fourth down. He put on fourth down a couple of times, especially on that last drive. He made those huge plays last week. He completely outplayed Mac Jones. Right now, the AFC East is the Bills' division. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they came in there, and they got the revenge last week. You know, um, they really, you know, they could not – Patriots really couldn't get much pressure on them. Um or they couldn't get to him. And on third down, was like the story of the game. The Pats were one for 10. I think the Bills were nine for 12, something like that. The Bills were great on third down. And even fourth down, they converted a couple. And he made some great throws. Now, J.C. Jackson picked off that first ball in the drive. The last drive of the game for the Bills, who knows? It's a di- Maybe it's a different ending, but couldn't grab it. Um, yeah, Allen made some terrific throws in that game. And, yeah, right now the Bills, right now, the Bills have the most talent in that league. There's no reason why they shouldn't win that division. Yeah, that you know, for now, they uh, re-grabbed the AFC East. It's, it's after that Monday night game, I thought the Patriots had this thing. But um, the Bills came in the Foxborough, and they played well. That, that was a huge game for them, and they needed – and they, they played really, really well last Sunday – or, yeah, last Sunday. Absolutely, absolutely. So, we'll get back to the games. We'll get – and the Patriots, they got a get-right game this week against the Jaguars. I mean – Obviously, we know they're, they're going to win this game. I think they'll, they'll be able to run the ball with Damian Harris, and their defense will force Trevor Lawrence to turn the ball over a couple of times. This is a perfect. This is a great. This is a great spot for the. This is a great chance for the Patriots to obviously snap this two-game losing streak and get get and get and help them get closer to the playoffs. They're more than likely will be a wild card, but I still think even though they lost as we 
last week. They'll be a playoff team, and they should definitely beat the Jaguars this week. And, Justin, obviously you got to agree with me here. Oh, yeah, I got the patch on this one, 24-6. Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown in the last eight weeks. I can't see him going to Flackborough and tearing up the Patriots, you know. I just – that's no way that's going to happen. Uh, Mac Jones didn't look great. I mean, he made a couple of poor throws yet again. It just – I don't know. He just looked like on some of them, him and his wide receiver just were not on the same page for whatever reason. I think he bounces back this week. I think he plays well. Yeah, I think Harris gets it going on the ground. Hopefully, Ramondre Stevenson should be back. Um, you know, and – yeah, uh, see Xander's comment here. I know you guys will get oh. into it, but I'm um, just saying that now Dallas is a really good shot beating. I, I think Dallas is the better team than Arizona now. All right, so. we will we will get to that, Xander. We will get to it. We'll get to that. But but but, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, going back to the Patriots. Sh- sh- oh yeah, Joe just slashed on the screens all. Day. Yeah, I know you guys will get. Yeah, we know Xander. We will get to it. A couple couple. Yeah, you know, we were going to get to that. But yeah, I, I I think yeah, this should be this should be an easy win for the Patriots here. Get back on track and get closer to clinching a playoff spot. But but now we will move on to the team that that is in first place in the AFC East, and that is the Falcons. That is the Bills who host the Falcons. Who are the and the Falcons are trying to get a playoff spot. They're right now they're seven and eight. Shows you how good of a year. Uh, shows you that, that Matt Ryan's had a pretty good year. The uh, the Bills nine and six. I mean I think this is a game where I think Buffalo. I think it's close in the first half, but eventually uh, Josh Allen makes enough plays plays, and uh, the Bills Bills defense makes enough plays to get them a victory. And I got the Bills beating the Falcons 27 to 16. But Justin, can Matt Ryan outplay Josh Allen and keep the Falcons playoff hopes alive? No, I, I can't see it. I got the Bills won this thing 28 to 10. I think the Bills that's gonna have the Tampa game really figured some things out. I thought their defense since then has been playing better. Um you know I think their de- their defense has played better. Their offense is starting to click. You know, I thought they they didn't run the ball great last week, but they ran it well enough to be able to beat New England and obviously with the way they pass the football, um, you know, they look good. Yeah. I can't see Matt Ryan coming here and just playing in a shootout and knocking them off again. Like, you know, the Lions played Tim Boyle last week and the Lions should have won that game. They were just over four in the red zone. Like they, they should have lost the Lions at home. I can't see him going up to Buffalo this week and competing with the Buffalo Bills. I just cannot see it. Um, it's going to be, I think, it, the Bills should blow them out. Yeah, I could see it maybe being a close game in the first half. Uh, maybe a letdown for the first half for Buffalo, but I think with the division on the line, I think the Bills find a way in the second half to pull away. I, I can't see this game being close. And we'll get to Xander's comment. We'll deviate a little. We'll get to Xander's comment. He says, "What do you what do you, what do you guys think about Doug Peterson getting the first interview of that Jacksonville job? I think it's a it's a it's it's a good move. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with the Eagles, so I mean." I don't think I, I think I think it's I think it's a good move. I mean, anything will be obviously anything will be better than the disaster they had this year. Yeah, absolutely. Anything will. I think it's good that they're trying to get a better coach in there. I think that's what they need to help Lawrence and a guy that's kind of been around NFL locker room. And they need another, you know, they need somebody that's been in an NFL locker room after what happened this year. Yeah, you can't get much and much worse than what Urban Meyer was this season. Um, so yeah, I, anything's better. But yeah, a guy that's won the Super Bowl, he's kind of been around. I, I do think it's a good one for the for the Jaguars to try to hire hire Doug Peterson. I think I think he'd be a good hire for him. They they need somebody like like that to try to turn this thing around any way possible. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And then they they should they should, and that's probably Joe. They should hire a proven coach with a good reputation. Yo, absolutely, absolutely. That's what that that that's what they need. I mean, I Urban Meyer was not a proven. Obviously, he was. A proven college coach just was not a proven NFL head coach, and that and that obviously showed this year. Yeah, absolutely. That um, 
He's just not a guy that's just – he cannot take losing. And you saw that in college, and you kind of expected they were going to lose a lot. Seems like things out worse and worse by the week, the stories you heard. So, yeah, they need somebody in there that has won at this level and has a good reputation, too, of not doing, you know, anything wrong. The players are, you know, you know doing any of the wrongdoing. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, Doug Peterson would be a good hire for him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Back to the uh, AFC East, though, and we got the Dolphins who've won seven in a row, and they travel down to Tennessee to face the Titans with a win. The Titans win the AFC South, but they're dealing with some COVID issues too. Bud Dutree, Julio Jones, they've been on place on the COVID-19 reserve list. So I think this is going to be a really close competitive game. I think the Dolphins match up well here because I think Xavier and Howard can take A.J. Brown. He definitely could limit uh, – uh, uh, he could definitely uh, limit A.J. Brown's uh, – you could definitely limit A.J. Brown in this game. I think it's going to be a close competitive game, but I just think that the Titans are going to scratch this out just because I feel like their offense, even without Henry, is a little bit better than the Dolphins' offense. I think they're going to, they're going to scratch it out, and they're going to get the win, and they have some more time off than the Dolphins. The Dolphins are coming off a short week. I think the Titans end the Dolphins' eight-seven-game eight, winning streak, and they beat the, – the, and they beat the, – the Titans beat the Dolphins 20-16, to 16, but Justin – can the Dolphins defense carry them to their eighth straight win? Yeah, I get the Dolphins 23 to 17 in this one. Um, I, I think, you know, as you mentioned with Zayvon Howard, I think he does shut down A.J. Brown. I don't know if there's anybody else in this passing game that's going to step up. If there is no Julio Jones, it sounds like there's not. And I think they forced their former teammate, Ryan Tannehill, to make a couple of mistakes in this game. And I know Tua had made some mistakes of his own, but I, but I, right now, I, I think Tua can go in there and you know, make the less mistakes in Ryan Tannehill. I think the Dolphins get after, you know, Ryan Tannehill. And I, I really – and I know the Dolphins really haven't beat anybody during the stretch here. The best one you could probably say is, like, the Ravens or, you know, the Saints obviously had a four-string quarterback going on Monday night. Um, but I, I like Miami coming to this game. I like the way they're playing. I just don't really trust Tennessee. Again, they – you know, that first drive last week against – you know, for the Niners, they carved them and then – and then Jimmy G returned to a normal form. Like, I think, you know, Miami keeps them off balance in this game um, defensively. I think Miami wins it. I, I do think their defense steps up, makes a couple of plays, you know, like they did on Monday night. And I'll take them, the Dolphins to go on the road and take down the Titans. All right, the moment, the moment Xander's been waiting for, I see him and Joe are trash talking in, in the comments section about the fantasy championship game this week. But what we're going to talk about is his Cowboys as the Cardinals, who have been really been struggling, head down, head to uh, to uh, to Arlington, to AT&T Stadium to face the Cowboys. And I think this is a, you know, this is a really, really close competitive game. I think I think it's close on both sides. I, I think that I think that the Cardinals defense will keep them in this game. I think there's a chance Tyron Smith might not play and that could definitely play a key because I think uh, Chandler Jones is going to get pressure on Dak Prescott maybe force a turnover. The Cardinals it would be big for them if they can get James Conner back get that uh, get to get that running game going with him and Chase Edmonds again because they really haven't been together for almost a couple months I mean they because there was one there, there was a there was a good amount of games where Edmonds was out and then there's a good amount of games that's that uh, that then Conner I think has been out the last couple weeks so they got they got the Cardinals got to get that run game going I do think they get that run game going I think this is a close competitive game I know a lot of Cowboy fans aren't going to like me here because they haven't been liking me all year because I haven't been as high on their team as they want me to be but I am going to go with the Cardinals to beat the Cowboys this week 24 to 20 in Dallas but uh but Justin can Dak and the Cowboys defense stay hot for them to win their fifth in a row 
Yeah, I can't believe you chose Cliff. I know Mark, Mike McCarthy is oh. great. You chose Kingsbury more than McCarthy? Uh, I, listen, 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 listen. I know Kingsbury has not been good the last couple of weeks. But, you know, there's some results in this league that have kind of been – kind of have, haven't made a lot of sense. I mean, you know, the Cowboys right. did lose to the Raiders. They did lose to the Broncos at home. And they, you know, I think they're reading their press clippings a little bit this week after beating the Washington football team. Uh, so I just, and I think the Cardinals need this. The Cardinals need this to win the NFC, to win the NFC West. So I think, I know a lot of people don't see an upset coming, but, and I got, listen, I picked out of the 15 of the 16 games, I picked the favorite. I got to pick one game to be an upset. And this is the one I'm picking. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see re- again, like you, you know, for the, you know, I know like three weeks ago, we expected the Cardinals to probably win this game. We didn't think Dallas had much of a chance. So I, I could see it, but I, I have no trust in Cliff Kingbear right now and his team. The last three, you know, weeks, the quarterbacks for um, Arizona has, have gone up against have eight touchdowns, no interceptions. They've all played well. They've all managed the game very well. I let Dak look better than he has the last few weeks, and I think he plays well again. Um, and I think they have a balanced attack this week with Pollard and and um, and Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper. You know, kind of voices this pleasure there about you know not being involved enough, and he, he had his best game of the year. Um, the standards comment now the cards getting rocked by the line should be enough for you to be like, yeah, Cowboys are just more complete at this very moment. At the at the moment, listen, listen, I'll make a deal with you, Xander. If the Cowboys win this game by uh, more than two scores, I'll admit they're a more complete team than the Cardinals, and I'll admit they're a better team than the Cardinals, and I will put them ahead of the Cardinals in my NFC power rankings. As you know, all year long, I've had my NFC power rankings the Bucks being one, Packers being two, Rams being three, Cardinals still being four, and Cowboys being five. But if the Cowboys win this game by more than two scores, I'll put the Cowboys ahead of them. So not even if they win by a touchdown, it's they have to win by two. No, no, no. they got to win by two. They got to win by two scores. Wow, they got to win by two. Yes, I, I, I'm not. I just I can't see it anymore in Arizona. If Dallas plays like the way they did last week, and I know that I could put like of a complete performance that they could put together like they did. Then I, Dallas can beat anybody in this league. I know we just don't see it consistently, but maybe last week was the week that kind of jumpstarted him here. I I I, 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 I hate know, to say I it. I, I I hate to say it. I do agree. I do agree with you there. For someone who can't stand the Cowboys, I do agree with you. Agree with you there. But, but we, yeah, we don't we don't see it every week. That's that, that's the problem with the Cowboys. And 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 until I see it, you know, consistently. And I know I don't want to get on the opponent they played last week because I know Joe will will say, oh, you got to play against who you're who you're going. You, their fault. They the Washington football team is terrible, but they didn't do it against a great team. So yeah, if they could beat the Cardinals by two scores, I will be higher on the Cowboys. I just and as I said all year about the Cowboys, I think they're 11, 12 win team that'll get in the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, but lose in the second round. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. But right now, I think I am the most realistic cowboy you ever met. Tell me I'm lying a little. <laughs> hey, I'm the most realistic cowboy you ever met. No, yeah, you've been realistic. You've been reasonable no, all yeah. year. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, Xander yeah. has been reasonable all year about the cowboys. I, I will admit that. He has been reasonable. He hasn't been, no, you know, say, say, saying they're, you know, clearly a Super Bowl team. He's been reasonable all year about it. Super Bowl winner. That. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, he hasn't said that oh, we're the, the absolute Super Bowl winner. He hasn't been making these crazy predictions of, like, they're going to, like, beat, like, you know, like, he could have came in here the way the Cardinals are playing. Oh, we're going to beat the Cardinals, like, 38 to 10. Like, you know. 30, saying 31-28. I actually expected Sander to say, like, 31-20. 31-28, that's very Yeah, I thought it was going to be a bigger, yeah, I thought it was going to be a bigger margin of, of a score there. But, yeah, it, no, 
No, but he has been a very realistic Cowboys fan here. I get a bigger spread total than he does. I get him winning by a touchdown. I get him 27-20. So yeah. I, it seems like I have a little bit more confidence right now than, than maybe he does. But uh, I know he's kind of honest Cowboy this week. Um, but, yeah, like, it, you know, going back to, yeah, they played a horrible Washington team. But, you know, they played two weeks ago a horrible Giant team. And they really – they kind of kept the Giants in that game for most of that – you know, for the first half or so. Like, Giants, you know – they could have blown them up by more. They just couldn't convert, you know, um, fuels into touchdowns. That was kind of the big thing. They did that last week. I know it was a horrible Washington team, but maybe something clicked. I just right now, I I can't trust Kyle Murray in that offense right now. They just kind of and then the clock management. I know both both coaches are horribly in clock horrible, management, yeah, but horrible, yeah. four minute drive down by ten and you kick the field goal. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I, we can mean, like like I can understand why you haven't been a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I understand that. No, it's just you, you have to fade his teams in November. In, in November, December, you got to start fading them because, uh, you know, I, I've learned my lesson. I, you, you go back to Texas Tech numbers, it's like the same thing. They just lose it. Um, so, Andrew, if Dallas would have beaten either the Bucks or KC. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I, I, I made a deal with you. I would have been, if the Dallas beat KC, I would have been really high on them. No, absolutely. I would have, I would have different thoughts about them. I, I definitely. And I still think they have a chance. I just, they're just not my favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. No, they're not either. Again, they have the most talent as any team in the NFC on paper. It's the consistency that we see every week, and it's a coaching that we bring up pretty much yeah, every week yeah. with and, them. But, and, and, and let's be honest, when they're playing the Buccaneers and the and and the, and the Packers, they clearly they, they clearly don't have the better quarterback. Clearly, Rodgers and Brady are clearly better than Dak Prescott. That that that's a that that plays into it too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dak is a good quarterback, but oh yeah, he's not on the level as Rodgers or Brady. You know, like the way the Packers are playing, like I could see Dallas going into Green Bay and knocking them off in the playoffs. I don't, you know, like the that Green Bay even hasn't been great. Your special teams hasn't been great. Like I could see Dallas going in there knocking them off in the playoffs. But yeah, like you know, I was impressed the way Dallas played Tampa Bay in the week one. Like you know, remember we were talking. I thought Tampa Bay was going to win that game by two, three, two, two or three scores. They they were in it that whole way, and you know, I was impressed that night too by Dallas. And yeah, it's just been Dallas could put the consistency that we saw last week, and you could put a full sixty minute game in there then they could be anybody in this league. It's just we just don't see that week in, week out. And that's been my other big problem with, with the Cowboys this year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got to talk about the Giants for a little bit because we do it every show. And uh, obviously they go this week in a meaningless game. They go up to Chicago to face the Bears. And I, 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 don't, I don't care. Xander's comment, Micah for defensive player, the, defensive player of the year. Good, very good point there. Very good point there. Yeah, and you're gonna like, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a preview, Xander. You're gonna like who I picked for my player profile on Sunday. I won't tell you who it is, but you're gonna like the player I picked. But uh, yeah, so the, we'll go back to the Giants and the Bears. I, this is this is meaningless game for both teams, but I just feel like the Bears are just playing better right now. I mean, last week, the, two weeks ago, they played tough. Their defense played well against the Vikings. Last week, they played tough in Seattle. They got they got a win there. You know, Seattle's not the, not what they what they used to be, but still, if you could beat Russell Wilson, that's that's a that's a pretty good win, especially when your defense could play plays the way they did. But uh, this is going to be a game where it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for the Giants. Uh, they should start Mike Lennon, and but I think he's obviously going to struggle. I think he's going to turn the ball over a couple times. I think Chicago is going to do enough offensively to win. That's why I got the Bears winning twenty to ten. Justin, who do you got in this game? Yeah, I get the Bears twenty-one to ten. Uh, and yeah, you kind of go back to last week. You got one team, the Giants, that doesn't look like they're fighting at all for the coach. And you, and we all know what Matt Nagy's, you know, kind of 
legacy now in, in Chicago. We all know he's going to be fired probably in about 10 days or so. They fought for their head coach. I just haven't seen that from the Giants. And, yeah, I think the way the Bears defense are playing, I see the Giants having another rough week trying to score the football or, you know, trying to trying to get points on the board. And I think the Bears do win this thing by double digits. I think, you know, whoever plays quarterback, if it's Foles or if Justin Fields is back, I think they do enough offensively. I think Giants turn over the football a few times. And, yeah, it's the, the Giants and the Jaguars right now. I, I don't really know who to pick for the worst team in the league, but, you, you know, you probably could pick either and have a good argument for, for both right now because I it, – it's – it's bad. I can't believe I took the Giants to win the division. <laughs> no, I did too. I, I'll embarrassingly say I, I embarrassingly say I did too. I did too. That was probably one of my worst picks of the entire season. That was probably my worst pick of the season. Yeah, I was a little biased because I'm a Giants mm-hmm. fan, but that's probably one of my that's probably one of my worst picks of the season. I picked them to win the NFC East because they are absolutely terrible right now. And uh we don't need to expand on them. The, the, the next time we'll really expand our uh, we'll really talk a lot more about the Giants is when they hire a new GM. And let me tell you that GM, that GM hire better not be Kevin Abrams, or there'll be a major rant <laughs> on the show. But then, yeah, it's it sounds like. Don't even go. Don't even yeah. go there. Don't even go there. That there's going to be a major rant if the Giants hire Kevin Abrams. The, the, you know the one thing I think. Candidates. They hire I, so I don't know why they keep trying to do it. I don't know why they keep trying to do it. I don't know, but like I think this is the one thing. I don't know you're you know, and I know we've kind of talked about this. I know you don't want to cheer for your team to lose, but I think the only way like Joe they like really clean house here. If they lose like thirty-one to like ten, they don't even compete, and like Washington blows them out two next week. Then maybe yeah, you then, see then they just then they might just have no choice. Ownership might have, have they, yeah, the ownership might have no choice. They just just might have to just get rid of Joe Judge, which I wish they're yeah. doing, but it looks like they're not going to do it because they're the Giants, and and, and the ownership is in, and ownership is incompetent. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It, it really is, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that two New York New York teams just cannot ever get out of their own way. And it's uh, it's it's pretty sad. They you both know? have the two they, worst records since 2017. Yeah, that's that's insane. And they're and tied for them. They, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment for both teams right now. It, it's just absolutely terrible. No, it is. I yeah. just it, it is, and doesn't you know? I just I don't I, you know I want to say it gets better, but like you have the offense. It just can anybody say on the field? Hire me as a GMI prize. I'll have him a top 10 team in four years. I'll, I'll put your name in, Xander. I'll put your name worse. in. I'll put your name in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Any, any, yeah, anybody could be do could do better than what's been going on right now for this team. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, they spent the money. Like, they did try to go out. They I thought they had a really nice soft season. It's just nobody could stay on the field. And then Daniel Jones can't. And I know we can get – we've kind of gone this, you know, discussion before. It's just – they just never haven't put it together. It's been six plays they've had all their top guys on the field together yeah. this year. Yeah. That is yeah, insane. Yeah. yeah, and that's why that's why that's why their GM is is going because he can't be ta- can't be taking guys that can't yeah. stay healthy. And I chose the head coach. <laughs> no, I, well. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> at this point, I wouldn't mind anything at this point. No, I wouldn't mind wouldn't anything I? at this point. No, no, that's the last thing I would not. No, 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 please no. <laughs> no, no, not Urban Meyer. No, no way, no way. So let's get to our best bets this week and. uh Mine are. Uh, I'll start with one of my first one. That's the car. I got the Cardinals uh, covering, and I got them beating the Cowboys this week uh, in Dallas. I talked about why previously. I talked about. I talked about why. I got the Chargers covering against the Broncos. So I got them minus. Uh, I got them minus five and a half against the Broncos. I, I just think that uh, I think Justin Herbert is going to bounce back this week against the Broncos. He had a bad game against the Broncos a couple weeks ago. But I think he bounced back. Bounces back against the Broncos this week, and I think the Chargers defense. Chargers are getting guys back. They forced Drew Lock to turn the ball over a couple times. 
they win that one by a touch by by uh, by a touchdown or 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 or, a, uh, or or double digits. And then the Browns. I like the Browns because the Steelers' run defense is absolutely terrible. And I think Nick Chubb has a huge, huge game on the ground against 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 the Steelers. And the Browns need to win the game. And last week, they they almost beat the Packers. They Baker Mayfield uh, threw four interceptions and they almost beat the Packers. So I got the Browns uh, co- Browns covering against. I got the Browns winning and covering against the Steelers. Justin, your best bets. I got Kansas City going the road to Cincinnati this week. I really like the way the Chiefs are playing. They've covered the last six weeks. Um, I think I think last week with the way they kind of. Missing, you know, Kelsey Hill kind of left the game early on. I think the way they played, I, you know, I think it really helps this Kansas City team more confidence-wise. I like the way Mahomes is playing. I like this defense too. I think they, Cincinnati's going to have some success against their, this Chief secondary. I could see Joe Burrow making, a, you know, some plays in this game, but I just don't think it's enough. I think this Kansas City's defense right now is playing really, really well. I'll take them to go on the road and, and um, you know, winning, winning yet again. And then I got to go with the Bears. And I know I can't believe I'm taking the Bears, but I just I don't see how the Giants score any points in this game. And I see the Bears putting up, you know, you know, somewhere around, you know, high teens, you know, low 20s. I just again, I, I see the Bears somewhat fighting for Matt Nagy. And I just don't see it right now in the Giants and fighting for Joe Judd. So I'll, I'll take the Bears They go on the road last week, win by double digits when they were they could not do anything that entire first half. And they and they look really good in the second half. I'll take the Bears to go on or at home to cover the six. And then my final one, I got Detroit covering in Seattle this week. This is just uncharted territory for, for um, Seattle. I think they pretty much packed it in this year. And you know Detroit's going to come in here and fight. So I'll take the line. The line should have won last week against Atlanta. They were right there without Jerry Goff, and they had Tim Boyle starting. I think they play well, and I think they cover the six and a half up in uh, – Seattle Sunday. Um, I, I like them right now. I could. I, I would not be trying to see them win this thing outright. I just think Seattle's packed it up for the year, and they're on the next season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. But let's get to the slate of games. Back to the slate of games, and we'll get. To, we'll start with the Rams and the Ravens, and uh, this should be a really close, competitive game. Uh, the Rams trying to win the NFC West. The Ravens trying to win the AFC, uh, trying to get in the playoffs or even win the AFC North. But the AFC North is going to be tough because they lost the Bengals twice. So I think this is this is a game that it all depends on who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens. And it looks like Lamar Jackson did practice this week. I think in this situation, Lamar Jackson's got to play. Even if he's, you know, he's 75 to 80%, he's got to play in this game. And uh, I think he does. I think this is a close competitive game. I think the Ravens do a good job stopping the run. Maybe forced a turnover from Matthew Stafford. I think, but I do think that Lamar Jackson is going to struggle. Uh, he's not going to run the ball that much. He's going to struggle throwing the ball at times, and he might have a turnover as well. I think this is a really, really close, competitive game. I think it comes right down to the end. But I'm going to take the Rams winning this game, 23 to 20, over the Ravens. But Justin, can the Ravens defense force Stafford to turn the ball over a couple times times to stay in the playoff race? I could, I could see it. But I the Rams win this game 24 to 17. The Ravens are second to last this year in takeaways, which is, you know, insane. They only have six interceptions on the year. You know, they have 11 turnover takeaways on the year. Jacksonville only has seven, which is, you know, I, for defense, that's insane. And through, you know, um, 16 weeks. But, you know, Stanford kept the Vikings in the game last week. He threw those two interceptions, like, inside his own 15-yard line. And he kept Minnesota in the game. If he can do that, if the Ravens can force a couple this week and they're deep in the Rams territory, I can see them, you know, the Ravens, you know, getting a couple of scores, you know, that way. I just don't know how this line's going to protect Lamar Jackson. 
Um, you know, but and it's like with, with the Ravens secondary, it's just so banged up too. I just see them having a hard time, you know, um, covering some of these wide receivers. Like I think Van Jefferson could have another big game. I think Cooper Je- Cooper Cup's gonna, you know, continue kind of. He's marked to see if he can somehow get the MVP conversation. Um, I can see Odell making a play. I just don't see how the Ravens are going to be able to cover these Rams receivers this week. So as long as Matthew Savard throws it somewhat in their vicinity, I really see Baltimore struggling, trying to create any turnovers in this game and trying to keep their offense and, you know, keeping it, their offense close in this one. We'll, 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 we got an NFC East matchup in Washington as the Eagles face the Washington football team. And uh, the Eagles, I know they've won their last two games, but they got to start getting off the better starts. Their start against the against the Washington football team a couple weeks ago was terrible. They got down 10 to nothing. And even last week against the Giants, they did not start that game well. It was 3 nothing for, for the majority of the first half. So they didn't start that game well. You could even hear the Boo Birds at the link. They, 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 the Eagle fans were booing the Eagles because they didn't start the game off well. Eagles got to start this game off well. I do have a feeling that they will in this game. I think they'll start off well. It's gonna be they're gonna be in some trouble. I mean, it looks like uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan and Miles Sanders is definitely not gonna play. Jordan Howard is probably not gonna play either. So they're gonna have trouble running the ball. I feel like uh, Jalen Hurts is gonna have a pretty good game though, though with his legs and through the air. I and I and I do think the Eagles force a turnover from Taylor Heineke. I think it's close and competitive, but I do think at the end of the day the Eagles get the win. I got them, you know, getting closer to clinching a playoff spot, beating Washington. 23 to 17, but Justin, can Taylor Heineke help Washington get revenge against the Eagles? I could possibly see it happen. I'm not too highly of it happening. I think Eagles 20 to 21. Yeah, you know, for Eagles, the last four weeks, really, you go back to the Jet game, like the Jet game, it was 24 18, and they scored a couple, you know, they scored late in that half, the Eagles. Like, you know, the Giants didn't, well, the Giants didn't play well that whole game, but yeah, like I could see Washington hanging around here for a half. You know, what happened on the sidelines last week with Allen and, and, you know, pain. I just, I don't know what it just, and I like Ron Rivera as a head coach. I kind of just feel like, you know, the last few weeks, all the COVID stuff, I just think I have a hard time seeing Washington actually pulling this thing out. I think they keep it close. You know, it sounds like they're going to get most of that offensive line back this week. So he should have some time to throw the football this week. Cause you know, last few weeks, eight, I, I felt bad. You know, they were starting four string, you know, centers, you know, um, you know, the last few weeks was insane. So, I think you know, Washington gets this thing close early. I just don't think he's going to be able to keep up with Jalen Hurts because I think the Eagles' offense is going to have a lot of success running the football against you know um, against them. So I can see this thing being closer half. I can see it you know being close to the entire game, but as I have it, twenty twenty one, I just I can't see Taylor Heineke knocking them off, especially with the Eagles right now battling for a playoff spot. I think the Eagles play well in this one, um, and yeah. A little bit closer to covering, or a little bit, little bit closer to clinching a playoff spot. Yes, the Bucks head up to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets this week. I know the Bucks are banged up. They're probably, they're probably not going to have Bruce, Bruce Arians. Unfortunately, tested positive for COVID yesterday. The Bucks are not going to have Mike Evans. They're not going to have Chris Godwin. They're not going to have Levante David. They're not going to have Shaq Barrett. But that's not going to matter against the Jets. I feel I feel like this game might be competitive for a half, but in the second half, the Bucks will pull away. Brady will throw a couple touchdown passes. They'll force a turn. I think they'll force a turnover too from uh, Zach Wilson. And I got the Bucks winning it twenty-seven to thirteen over the Jets. But Justin, can Zach Wilson have another big game just like he did last week and help the Jets pull a huge upset over the Bucks? No, I got the Bucks thirty-one to ten. There's no way Zach Wilson knocking off Tom Brady. I can't see it, even though with everybody out. I just I can't see it happening. Um, 
you know, for poor Wilson, I don't think even, you know, I don't see his offensive line protecting very well, even though with everybody the Bucks have out. Um, you know, I can't see the Jets, especially because I still can't see the Jets being able to run the football in this game. That's just going to make them one-dimensional. Maybe he gets a buck secondary. The Jets can hit on a couple of big plays, but I just don't think it's going to happen enough. And I see Brady, yeah, maybe it's a closer first half, but I, I see Brady blowing the Jets out. It's another team he plays really, really well against in his career. And, you know, as they're still trying to battle for first place here in the NFC, I can't see him going up the MetLife this week and, and losing. I thought they played well last week with everybody that they had out offensively, but they still played pretty well against Carolina last week. I think they do the same this week against the Jets. Did you see the QBR stat is like the dumbest thing ever invented? Zach Wilson had a higher QBR than Joe Burrow last week. Oh, that's stupid. That, that could not be more stupid because yeah. Joe Burrow played a perfect game last week. He threw for over yeah. 500 yards last week. He played a perfect yeah. game. How does he have a higher QB? How does he have a higher QBR than Joe Burrow? That makes no sense. I don't know. I don't. I don't either. That's why I don't get the QBR stat. I yeah, you can't really judge it by that. So yeah, that's the last time I'm really gonna actually look at QBR. When I saw that, I was like that that. That is insane. He went, Zach Wilson only threw for 100 yards. Like, yeah, wow. that, that was insane when I saw that. Wow, that's we're, crazy. Most that's crazy. That. Yeah, that's a, yeah, absolutely. I completely, I completely agree there. So we got a big game in Indianapolis as the uh, as the Raiders travel to Indy to face the Colts. It's a big game with major playoff implications in the AFC. I think I think again I think I think that the Colts are going to be obviously be in trouble without Carson Wentz, Sam Ellinger. I mean they they might they might have Carson Wentz. They probably won't have Carson Wentz. It looks like Sam Ellinger is probably going to start for them against the Raiders. And I think the Raiders defense. You know, they get pressure on Ellinger, maybe force a turnover. And I think Derek Carr makes enough plays. He will be he will be the quarterback that, that will make more plays in this game and probably less mistakes. And that's why I get the Raiders winning, their, winning and going to 9-7 and seven and staying in playoff contention and beating the Colts 24-17. But, Justin, can Jonathan Taylor carry the Colts to their 10th win? I think it would be very tough. I got the Raiders going on the road 21-13. Um, I just <clears> – <throat> I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor's – you know, going to have to, but I think, you know, the Raiders did a very good job last week of stopping the run and the Raiders luck has really changed after the Gruden, um, Henry Rooks up now for the third straight week, they're going to face a backup quarterback and, um, you know, they should be able to win this one again. You know, Drew Locke really showed last week against some Sam Ellinger. Um, I, I don't think he's going to have a ton of success throwing the football against the Raiders. Do you know, I know the Raiders are banged up with COVID in the secondary and I know Abrams out out for the year with a shoulder injury. But I think the Raiders stacked the box. And with that Raiders front four, they've generated the most pressure this year, you know, um, for a defensive line in the NFL. They blitz the least amount of times. I think they, that front four did a good job of um, keeping Jonathan Taylor in wraps. And, you know, he had that big one, that run last week for 50 yards. And then he only had 50 the rest of the game. The Cardinals did a good job after that first run. I think the Raiders do a pretty good job this week of slowing stop in the run. Um, you know, I could see him getting off to a big game, but I, I think the Raiders once again, you know, find a way to kind of, you know, find a way to go on the road and knock off the Colts this week without Carson Wentz. We'll go to the four o'clock games. We got an AFC West matchup in Los Angeles as the Broncos uh, face the Chargers. And I think in this game, I think it's I think it's competitive. I think Javante Williams have a big game on the ground because the Chargers have had a, had a lot of issues stopping the run. Uh, 
But I think the difference in the game is going to be the quarterback. I think the Chargers got the much better quarterback. I feel like Justin Herbert is going to have a is definitely going to have a better game than he had to, had in Denver a couple of weeks ago. I think I think he's going to throw a couple of touchdown passes to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think it's going to come right down to the end. But I think Drew Lock is not going to make that play. He's going to throw that interception, and that's why I got the Chargers going to nine and seven and staying in the playoff race, being the Broncos. But Justin. Can Javante Williams and the Broncos D help them keep their slim playoff hopes alive? I can't see it. I got to charge the bounce back this week, 27 to 17. Um, I know Teddy Teddy Bridgewater is still in concussion protocol, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. Drew look, Drew Locke, once again, just looked horrible. Um, Javante Williams, you know, he only had seven carries last week for 12 yards. They kind of, you know, didn't really try to get much of the running game going after they started trailing in that game. Um, they didn't really have much offense, you know, they got dominated time possession. Um, and with the way the Chargers play, I still think like, you know, like even against the Giants, they, they really kind of let them kind of be able to run the football in that game. I know it kind of got out of hand early, but like even some of these games where it's like the, 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 the Chargers know the team's going to try to run and try to run against them. They still kind of allow it. Like, I think they're still going to allow the Broncos to be able to run the football I just see Vic Vangio trying to throw the football when they're down a score or two, just trying to, you know, like even the first half they're down a score or two. I see them trying to throw the football, not really trying to get any of the ground game going, you know, and I, I think that's the difference. And I think the Chargers or yeah, the Chargers win this game by two scores. I just don't see Drew Locke in that offense keeping up with the charge in this one. I don't see them being able to get much of ground game going. Cause I think they just try too much to get, get it, you know, Get going through the air, trying to tie this thing through the air. Interconference matchup down in Santa Clara as the Texans travel to Santa Clara to face the 49ers. And obviously, it's a must win game for the Niners. And I, and I don't care if Trey Lance is starting. I think the Niners win this game easily. I think, you know, the running game, the Niners run the football. I think Trey Lance gets the ball to uh, Kittle and uh, Debo Samuel. I think the Niners defense forces Davis. I know Davis Mills had a good week last week, but I think he forced a couple, a couple of turnovers from Davis Mills. And that's why I got the Niners. Uh, winning this game by three scores. I got the Niners beating the Texans 30-13. to 13. But, Justin, can the Texans keep the momentum going from last week and pull a huge upset over the Niners? Yeah, I, I can't see it. Um, I just don't see how the Texans are going to stop the Niners running game. Yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't matter who plays that quarterback for the Niners, Lancer, Jimmy G. I just can't see the Texans shutting down the running game, especially because Shanahan, just their running game so advanced and just it's very gimmicky, you know, with Debo Samuel – I just can't see that the Texans being able to stop it much. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Davis Mills is going to have a tougher time trying to get anything going through the air this week. Um, last week he tore apart the Chargers, but I can't see him doing much at all, especially because I think they're, you know, they're not going to have a ball a lot in this game. I think the Niners dominate the time of possession. Um, and I think the Niners do enough stopping Davis Mills in that offense. You know, they, they struggle to run the football. I think the Niners shut them down, and I think you know the, the Niners um, win this one by by two scores. They got it twenty eight to seventeen. San Francisco um, knocking off the Texans this week. NFC South matchup in New Orleans as the Panthers, who have really, really been struggling, travel to New Orleans to face the Saints. And I think this won't be like the game earlier in the season. I feel like the, I feel it, it depends on what happens with the Saints. I'm assuming that Taysom Hill or, or Trevor Simeon will be available to play. And if they are, the Saints should win this game by two scores. I think Kamara has a big week, goes for under, over 100 yards in the ground. And I do think that whoever plays quarterback for the Panthers and the quarterback play for the Panthers, even if it's Cam Newton or Sam Darnold, has been absolutely horrendous this year. Uh, I think I think that continues. I think they turn the ball over once or twice. And I got the Saints 
keeping their playoff hopes alive, beating the Panthers 23-10. to But, Justin, can the Panthers' D ruin help help them help the Panthers ruin the Saints' playoff hopes? I can't see it. With everybody, the Panthers just put on the COVID list defensively the last few days. I got the Saints win the 20-10. to Yeah, it sounds like either Simeon or Hill are going to be back. It sounds like Hill's probably going to be back someday, so – I think they should be fine. I just, with all the COVID stuff, and I know now with the new five-day quarantine, I know some of these guys could be back for Carolina. I just don't know who, you know, and it's only Wednesday. So I I, I don't know who's going to be back for Carolina. So I think they're going to struggle. Defense, I think they could struggle defensively. I think Taysom Hill in that running game gets going. Uh, and I think they do enough with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I think they do well enough on the ground. Keep Carolina offense off the field and then i don't think it matters who plays quarterback for carolina i can't believe they're doing a two quarterback rotation in week 17 it just they both stink they're not getting any better so just stick with one and you know move on with it but yeah i i can't see the saints losing this game they find a way to win um you know i, I think carolina's defense can keep them in the game but i just i don't i don't see them being able carolina's offense doing enough to help them out this week Matt Rule needs to realize this is not college football. Yeah, the two quarterback system never works in the NFL. Pick one guy. The two quarter. Yeah, I was I was shocked last week. We're like, yeah, yeah, Cam Newton's going to start, but Sam Darnold's going to play. Pick one guy. Two quarterback systems do not work in the NFL. No, they they don't. I don't. It just I don't get it, especially this deep in the season. I don't. You know, I just I don't know what he's trying to find. Like you know, they're both just they're just not very good, and you're you're just. I don't – you're playing a Bucs team that I know struggled against, you know, in the secondary. I just – yeah, it just makes no sense. It doesn't work in the NFL. It's – I I just – I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. And it's – you know, I thought it was a good hire at the time, and I thought the Giants missed out on him. But the last, you know, this year it's kind of maybe the – you know, he may be better than Joe Judge, but he's not turned out to the guy that I think a lot of people thought he was, including me. I thought he didn't do a good job. Carolina, it's it's not really looking like it, and I still just can't believe they fired Joe Brady. I, I think that's a dumb move, but yeah, that, that was know. a ter- that was a that was a that was a terrible move. That was a terrible move. Yeah. They thought things were gonna get better, and it was an absolutely terrible move to, to fire Joe Brady. Yeah, throw all the Joe blame Burrow. on him for everything that happened. Yeah, throw all the yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the fact you have the worst quarterback play in you have the worst quarterback play in the league? That 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 that, that should be that should be a reason why your offense is struggling. But we got we got to move yep. on. We got a meaningless game in Seattle as the Lions face the Seahawks. And I think this will be competitive because both these teams are out of the playoffs. But I'll take I'll take the team with the better quarterback, and I'll take the Seahawks to bounce back this week and beat the Lions uh, twenty six to twenty this week in Seattle. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I get to see Seattle, but I think it's close. I got twenty three to twenty. Uh, just for Seattle, I just you know I don't know what the want is for this team. You know, Detroit's in the show and play hard, um, and you know I think their offense. You know, Detroit's offense does enough. I think they they run the football well enough. I think they keep Russell Wilson off the field long enough to kind of keep him in the game. But I just don't see him being able to make enough plays in this uh, Detroit's offense, being able to make enough plays. I think Russell Wilson does find a way to beat the Lions, but it should be a lot closer, you know, be closer than what people think and wouldn't be shy to see the Lions knock them off either on Sunday. Got a huge NFC North matchup in Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Between the Vikings and the uh, and the Packers, and uh, and, and uh, I think I think the Packers need the Packers win this game to get the number one seed, and they really need that number one seed because they need Rodgers to be healthy. Last week you could see in that game against the Browns, he was not healthy. 
he was not healthy in in the in the in that in that game against the against the Browns. I mean, it, it was clear. I mean, the, the Browns turned the ball over four times, and the Packers only won by two only won by two points. So they need Rodgers to be healthy. That's why I feel like the Packers, as well. Uh, you know, I know it's a must win for the Vikings, but I feel like the Packers need to win this game too. They need to. And Jared's comments. The Lions are one of my underdogs this week. I stole St. Brown in our pitch. Yeah, no, good move. Good move there. Good move there. Yeah. Good, good move there. Yeah, he could have a big week against a, a struggling Seattle secondary. I, I like that move. I like that move there. But back to the Packers and Vikings. I think this is this is going to be a close, competitive game between these two teams. I don't think Rodgers will play as well as he would be if he's healthy. But the, the reality is this is Kirk Cousins in prime time against a good team. And you know what happens? You know what happens when, when – you know what happens to him – in prime time against a good team, he always loses. I think he'll have the ball late in the game. He'll throw an interception. He'll hurt. He'll hurt the Vikings' playoff hopes. And I think I think the Packers win this one close. I got the Packers winning twenty-eight to twenty to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. But Justin, can Cousins keep up with Rodgers to keep the Vikings' playoff hopes alive? I can't see it. Um, I got the I got the Packers twenty to twenty-one. It's supposed to be like ten degrees on Sunday night. Up in uh, Lambeau, and even Saturday, I guess it's supposed to be cold that whole week. Saturday night, they're playing like the uh, Winter Classic up at Target Field. It's supposed to be like negative fourteen degrees, so it's gonna be a cold weekend up there. So I think you know, both teams will be able to have to run the football. I know. I think right before we went on there, it was announced Adam Thielen's done for the year. He's having sur- ankle surgery, so he's done for the year. Um, and I think that's gonna hurt Cousins. But you know, the Vikings that they can have some success with if Dalvin Cooks. Should be able to go, but even if not, you know, they're going to need out Alexander Madison to have a big day on the ground. They're going to have to be able to run the football, try to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Cousin Dad, he's going to have to just do enough in this game. Um, or, you know, he's going to have to make a couple of big plays. Viking 19 to 10, though, low scoring one. Jared's got some confidence there in the uh, in Kirk Cousins. Oh, 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 oh wow, wow, wow. 19 to 10? <laughs> the Vikings defense ain't that good. 19 to 10. He probably thinks Rodgers' injury is just too much for him right now, but the Vikings defense yeah. isn't that good. 19 to 10. Wow, wow, wow. He did take that last week. He did pick the Bills to beat the Patriots 19 to 10, too. He did. So he likes that 19 to 10 score. So, and he was right. Hey, the Bills won, so he was right. So, hey, yeah, you did. never know about this week. Yeah, running game in the cold. Yeah, I'm like, I could see it. They keep Rodgers off the field long enough. Who knows? I'm like that injury because it's gonna be so cold that that thing, you know, if he's off the if runs off the field for a while, that thing could kind of tighten up on him, and maybe you know he's got no mobility whatsoever. So I could see, you know, it could be very possible how cold it is. Maybe it's gonna be tough for that to happen. Um, they really Good shut boy. down two Rodgers that backs. Well, two capable backs. Yeah, they yeah. get they get Dalvin Cook back. Uh, we'll see. And, and and Alexander Madison. Yeah, that's a good point. No, the Vikings have a very good chance to win this game. I just hate Kirk Cousins in prime time against a good team. He is so bad against good teams in prime time. He's been so bad throughout his career against good teams in prime time. I know he beat the Bears uh, two weeks ago, but they're the Bears. Okay, so yeah, I, I, he's just so so bad in prime time. Yeah, he is. He's he's been horrible. Um, I can't. Yeah, I you know look though if it sets up nicely against with the running game the cold if he only has to throw the ball like 10 to 15 times and sure but if he's got it, if they get behind in this game and they need to rely on him to kind of make, make some throws and i yeah i kind of see them having um uh, a lot of trouble trying to win this game but i think it is probably it kind of sets up nicely for minnesota going in the cold sunday night trying to get this game but yeah i can't because <laughs> cousins goes two for 13 so we've got the mac jones 
Yeah, Mac Jones, two for three for 19 yards. Yeah, here's the deal. They're not they're not gonna run the ball every they're obviously not gonna run the ball every three like the Patriots. That's not that's not Mike Zimmer is not Bill Belichick. He's not he's not gonna be doing that. He and even if they have success, he's not gonna be doing that. No, which Again, I don't get why you wouldn't, but you just keep running until they stop you. <laughs> I'm like, isn't that kind of the saying? Like, you don't don't fix it until it's broke or whatever, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I you know I, I see the Packers though doing enough. I have twenty to twenty one. I just think a little bit too much. And yeah, Kirk Cousins Sunday night. I can't trust them. To, again, if he's only got to throw the ball three times, I'll take the Vikings or even like ten to fifteen times. But if he's got to drop back to the ball 25, 30 times. No way he outduels Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. I cannot see it happening. Should be a really good game between those two teams. Very interesting game between those two teams Sunday night. But we got it's our last our last game of the week, and that's the Browns heading to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. If the if if the Chiefs win, this is going to be a huge game because if if the Chiefs if the Chiefs uh I think if the Chiefs if the Chiefs, if the, I mean, if the Chiefs lose, this will be a huge game because if the Chiefs lose, if the no, the Chiefs win, it's a huge game because the Bengals would lose, and then say the Browns win that Bengals Browns game because the Browns beat them early in the year. That could be for the uh, that could be for the AFC North Championship, and then say that say the Steelers win, they're eight seven and one, and, and then the Steelers beat the they beat they beat the uh, Ravens, and then the Browns lose to the uh, the, the Bengals lose to the Browns. They would be nine seven and one, and the Bengals would be nine and eight. So if the Chiefs win, this is a huge huge game Monday night. Uh, but but in this game, I think it's going to come down to the running game. I Jared says I hate this game because I, probably because you can't trust either team, and you really can't trust either of these two teams because these teams have been so inconsistent all season. Their records prove it. Brown seven and eight, Steelers seven seven and one. You can't you can't trust either team. So, but I do think the running game is going to be the difference. The Steelers have been terrible. They cannot stopping the run this year. The Browns. The one thing they do is run the ball. I think Nick Chubb has a big game on the ground, goes over 100 yards. I think Baker Mayfield actually makes less mistakes than Big Ben. So that's crazy to say, but I think he does just because of how good that running game is going to be. I think I think it's a close competitive game, but I think I think at the end of the day, the Browns win and keep their playoff hopes alive, beating the Steelers 24 to 20. But Justin, can the Steelers deforce Baker to turn the ball over a couple of times for them to keep their playoff hopes alive? Yeah, I can see it. The Browns, um, you know, Baker Mayfield the four interceptions the last week. But I'm with you. I get the Browns in this one, 17-13. Nick Chubb ran the ball. He only had five carries in the first half last week. Like, I cannot see that happening once again. I, I think you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta carry the load. Can't trust the over under either. Yeah, it's low. It's what is it down to? Thirty-eight, I believe. It's it's low. It's they're forty-one actually. Oh wow! But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah that's it's it's like super low. Wait, my, my 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 pick my pick would have the over. Your pick would have the under. Yeah, yeah, I I'd go with the under. I could put like it's so low that it, it's possible. Like it, like it again. We mentioned like if the Steelers can get a pick six or two, it, again that it could totally go over. So yeah, forty one's a tough one. I, I you know I kind of lean the under, but it's very kind of easily could go over. Um, but yeah, I I could see Baker just having another horrible performance, throwing a couple interceptions. You know that Steelers defense. I know they're starting to get somewhat healthy, but you know, it, but yeah, it's like you just I can't trust either team. I just I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to get. I think the Browns. I, but as you mentioned, I think the Browns I don't but I think the Seals don't really get too many interceptions off Baker this game because I think they do lean on the running game. I think Nick Chubb does have a big game in this one. And, and yeah, it's, you kind of mentioned earlier, Cleveland really had a chance to go into Green Bay last week and knock them off a of Lambeau. 
I think, you know, with the way Pittsburgh is playing right now, again, Mike Tom is a great coach for everything going on with this team, that they're still in contention to win this division. It's unbelievable. But I got to go with Cleveland um, on the road, and they find a way to get revenge from, you know, Halloween when they played. And I got the Browns 17-13. to 13. Yeah, it should, yeah, it should be a very interesting game. It should be a very, very, very interesting Week 17. But the college football playoff is in two days, and we'll talk about that after a quick message from our sponsor. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTVB Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Alrighty, so New Year's Eve is the college football playoff, and uh, we got four really good teams. Obviously, got Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan, and Georgia. We'll start with Alabama and Cincinnati. We we got you know a group of five team against the Power Five team. Group of five's got a chance. We all wanted the group of five to have a chance, but now they got a chance. And uh, at 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 and T Stadium this week, they play in the Cotton Bowl against Alabama. And for this game, I think it's going to be competitive for a half. I think that. Uh, I think I think the big thing is that I think I think that uh, Cincinnati's going to be able to contain uh, Jamison Williams. I think Ahmad Gardner, one of the best corners, one of the top corners, is going to be a top round pick in this in, in this draft. Is going to be a top probably top fifteen pick in this draft. So I think they'll be able to contain Bama's offense in the first half. But the problem is, I just feel like Cincinnati relies on that running game with with, with Jerome Ford, and I think eventually that's the, the, I think Alabama is going to contain that. And I do think in the second half, Alabama is going to pull away. I just think obviously they have they have the better quarterback, they got the better offense. I think they're 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 uh, I think their defense is going to force a couple turnovers from uh, from 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 Desmond Ritter. I think it's going to be a close game in the first half. Alabama pulling away in the second half. That's why I got Alabama getting back to the national championship game and winning thirty to thirteen. But a couple of questions I'll ask going into this game, Justin. What does Cincinnati have to do to win the game? Cincinnati, to be able to knock off Alabama for a huge upset. Desmond Ritter, as your last point there, Desmond Ritter's got to be able to – they got to be – Desmond Ritter especially, if he can be able to be – if he can get be mobile and be able to run the football and kind of do some RPO stuff, because that's what we've seen. We've seen Alabama kind of struggle with some of that stuff. And Desmond Ritter, you know, he's played in a million games, been a four-year starter. Like, you know, um, I don't think I'm too worried about him, you know, being in the – Big spotlight here, but Ritter's a guy. He's got to be able to run the football, kind of keep Bama off their heels here. And because he's a quarterback, too, that really tends to be much better when Ritter only has to throw the ball about 20, 25 times when they're balanced up front, you know, and they have that balanced attack. Because when they drop back, throw the ball 30, 35, you know, 
I think he's only thrown the ball more than 30 twice this year. You know, like it hasn't been rare. It's always kind of been around 20 to 30 all year. You know, Jerome Ford, the band of transfer, you know, he's going to be, you know, ready to go in this one. Um, like if they can run the ball, because they're on today's O line or O line is average. Now you're playing a pretty good Alabama team, but like if Will Anderson, I could just see them, he could wreck this whole game for him. Um, yeah, John Mechie's out. So, you know, that, that was another, you know, my keys for, you know, with the Mon Gardner, as you mentioned, and Cody Bryant as well. He's one of the, he's another top cornerback that they have on the other side. Like if he could, you know, if they could shut down the number three guy, if you can you know, slow down, um, Jamison Williams enough and try to make another receiver beat you, then I could see them. Um, I need to be slate bold and try to be the number two guy now stepping in for Mechie. But um, if they could do enough, if Cincinnati could kind of hold that tack enough, and Cincinnati's secondary has been really, really good. Like, you know, Cincinnati, SMU is a really good offensive team, and they really bottled them up. They did a great job. Like, again, obviously Alabama it's a totally different animal, but – Again, they do. Cincinnati's got pieces all in their defense, you know, that are going to be drafted. So, Cincinnati's even, I could think, keep them in the game. And they're, this is my next point of their defense and their special team is going to need to make a play. Like, you know, if their defense could get a big pick six or a big fumble return deep in the Bama territory and set up their offense, those are going to be, you know, that's going to be a way um, to be able to kind of stay in this game, get some momentum. They got to stay in this game early because I think the longer you stay in this game, the more tight Alabama could get, especially with everybody kind of saying, oh, they're going to blow them out, you know, it's a group of five team. You know, they they Alabama's pulling out pretty much everybody in the semifinals. So I think, you know, I think Cincinnati can keep this thing close early, keep this thing close at halftime, maybe put some pressure more in Alabama too now. They have to make a big play. Cincinnati, Cincinnati played Georgia very, very tight last year in the uh, Peach Bowl. I was very impressed. They did not back down. I don't think they're going to back down from um, Bama on Friday night either. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but the, the big key is going to be is they're going to be able to run the football. And I just think they lose by a couple scores because I just don't think they're going to be able to run the, have the ball, run the ball with that much success. You saw Georgia, Bama contain Georgia's running game. I feel like uh, – I feel, I feel like – Bama's going to do the same thing to Cincinnati, and I like Ritter, but I think he, I think he's I think he's going to turn the ball over a couple times. I just you know I think Cincinnati, you know, they're playing for the other you know group of five schools. If they get completely blown out, the college football they they're they're not going to they're not going to give these group of five schools a chance. They get blown out, but they give them a good game. They're going to they're going to give them more of a chance. They're going to give these these group of five schools a chance. So Cincinnati's playing for the other group of five schools. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. They are because. Yeah, because right now it does not sound like the expansion is going to happen anytime soon. So it sounds like we're going to probably be stuck with a 14 playoff for, for maybe you know, another – at least through like 2026 or whatever. Um, but, yeah, like they are, you know. Because, yeah, if they get blown out, then everybody's just going to – yeah, it's all going to be the power five and it's kind of just going to be back to the same old bias and, you know. Yeah, and, you know, like a team like UCF from back 2017, yeah, they're going to have – zero shot here you know like even a coastal they could run the table they're not going to have another you know they're not going to have a shot so yeah they're they're pretty much playing for all the cinderellas in the world all the group of fives you know and, and you know all of america is going to be cheering for them as well because you know we all want new blood here and wouldn't it be great for Cincinnati again you know luke fickle probably if he really wanted to probably could have put his name for the nordane job now um but bama blowing out georgia isn't it and 
indictment on, of the SEC. Yeah, because I'm like, Georgia, you looked at Georgia's schedule. They didn't play anybody till Bama. I'm like, Clemson wasn't really that good. I think the best team they probably faced, I'm like, was probably Tennessee, Auburn. Probably Auburn than Tennessee. Like, you know, like, I, I just think Georgia, I think Georgia's a good team, but who did they really play up until Bama last week? I'm like, you know, I know that SEC already blown each other out. Group of five gets blown out, so does an SEC team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, would it, would, would, well, there would be for every, you know, because everyone else thinks of the group of five, you know, because everyone, you know, SEC, oh, it's the greatest thing in the world, you know, uh, you know, all just the traditions and all that. But, and everyone's like, oh, Cincinnati, it's like, you know, because it's like everybody expects Cincinnati to get blown out. Nobody really expects, I think, Cincinnati to, stay in this game and, and have a chance in the last five minutes to come find a way to win the game. Like, yeah, like I, I agree. It's ridiculous. I thought like, especially in the East, like after, after Georgia, same best team in the SEC East this year is Tennessee or actually no Kentucky. I, I forgot about Kentucky, which again, you, you don't mention Kentucky in football. That's I totally forgot about them, but it's like, you know, the SEC East is just not really that good. The West kind of, you know, all blow each other up, but yeah, like there's not another really, you know, elite team in the SEC. Like, you know, outside of Alabama and Georgia, nobody else really like impresses you. Like AM went eight and four. LSU was mediocre. Auburn was mediocre. Like, you know. So yeah, no, I I, I agree. Like group of five, they get blown out. It shouldn't be like you know, they should have another chance. I just I, I kind of agree with Steve. They're just not. No, they won't. The, 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 the committee will not give a group of a group of five team another chance. If they, uh, it's going to be tough for the committee to give a group of five team another chance. Say they say they lose like you know forty five to seven, they're they're not going to give them another chance because it's going to they're going to prove that they're not worthy to be in the game. That's 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 just the reality of the situation. And that's just how it is. I mean, so yeah, this is a big game for the group of five because they need to prove that they could play with these top dogs. The team like Cincinnati needs to prove they could play with a top dog like Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. And they and Cincinnati proved it last year playing Georgia down in the final few minutes. But again, I you know, some people forget about that. And I know Georgia had some opt-outs in what happened. But but, 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 but it's but it's also Michigan. but it's also but that's also a bowl game. Okay. And you know bowl game. But as a people, it's New York six. Yeah, but they don't matter as much because guys opt out of the game. That's the problem. Yeah, the bowl game. This is gonna be the proving. This is gonna be the point. This is gonna be the game which is gonna prove if the group of five can play with a a uh, a, a a big power five school. And and they're gonna come what happens if Bama blows out Michigan or Georgia? L- listen, listen, listen. It's a good point. It's a good point there, but they're not going to. It's the way it is. They're not going to do anything because those those are Power Five teams. I know Joe likes to fight. I'm putting my dough on. All right, all right. You're putting your dough on Cincinnati. Hey, good move. I mean, looking at that spread, I think it's about thirteen and a half. Yeah, I I I might put my dough on. Yeah, that's that's not a bad bet right there. That's not a bad bet right there. I just think Mm -hmm. Bam wins it by a little bit more than that. That's not a bad bet right there. Money line. I again, I would love to. I'm right there with you. I would love to. I want to see it. You know, I'm cheering for Cincinnati, and I want to like sit here and say, "Oh, they're gonna win." But like, I just, I don't know. I smell like he jumps. I, I, oh, 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 let's wait I a minute. Totally there. Want, wait a minute there. I, wait a minute there. I don't know I'm about that. But yeah, I, I think they can cover, but I don't know if they're gonna pull the upset. I don't. Yeah, I, I really, I think Cincinnati with all the seniors they have, and Ritter, Ritter's been a guy that's played what like. 
he's been a four-year starter, so he's played about 45 games, you would think, including all the bowl games and all that. Like, he's one of the oldest quarterbacks in the entire country. He's one of the oldest players in the entire, you know, country. So, and they have a lot of guys that have been there, you know, have played in the New Year's Six Bowl. Like, they have so many juniors and seniors. Like, it's a team that's not going to come in here and going to be afraid. Like, it's not, they're not going to be intimidated by Alabama. I don't think they will. Like, the USSR didn't think Team USA uh- – all right, all right, all right. That's like a that's like a one in a million situation. Come on now, come on, come on. That's a one. It's gonna be a one in a million situation. Yeah, that could be. It could, could be. But but yeah, but yeah. We'll 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 see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I know. I like what Cincinnati. I like the team Cincinnati is, but I feel like they haven't played in the best conference. Obviously, Alabama's played in the best conference, so that's why I think they win it by a couple scores. But it'll be an interesting game. Would this be the biggest upset ever? No, I would I would say the upset you referenced would be the biggest upset that, ever. I would I would say the upset that you, you the, the the one that Joe referenced with the with the Russia against Team USA and Lake Placid because that team uh that that team was they was ba- that was basically a bunch of college kids playing a bunch of, against yeah. like the best players in the world. So I th- I think it could be one of the biggest. Uh, it, it, I think it would it wouldn't be, but it would be up there. It would definitely be up there. Yeah, it'd be up there. It'd definitely be up there. College football wise, it'd be close. Either that or the App State Michigan. Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> Best conference. Come on. Come on. The SEC is the best conference. Look at look at the they SEC. They always have what? like 19th ranking yeah, and they're I mean, never deserving I mean, of it. Yeah, yeah. LSU was like the worst team in the in, – in the, that was a, if that's your yeah. worst team in the SEC, what? Three, three, come on. Three good teams. Come on now. Come on. Three He's good probably teams. right, though. Like, outside <laughs> of like – like, I'd put – well, actually, if you're going – outside of like Ole Miss, like – Kentucky, I think, probably beats Iowa because I think Iowa's got a lot of guys out. But, like, I'd probably say yeah because I think there's a, good, a lot of good teams that could beat Kentucky. I think there's a lot yeah, of good teams that beat Arkansas and a and I'm like, Florida stonk. You know, Tennessee's getting better. But, God, you look at the East, like, a lot of, a lot of teams would beat up on the um, – I would say stop I, I would say stop. I think they would beat a lot of SEC teams. I wouldn't say stop. I think they uh, go, go six and two. I think, I think this could elevate Cincinnati if they win, seeing how they're moving to the Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh they win this game is huge. Moving to a Power Five school, this will help. Re- this will be a this will be a big. This yeah. will help recruiting big time. I, I, again, I, oh, I, I already com- I, I responded to that comment. Cincinnati would stop on SEC teams. I don't know about that. I mean, I think they could be be a good amount of them, not stop them. In the East, I think they'd be six and two. I think they would finish second in the SEC East this year. Andy oh, of course they, say, of course they stop on Vandy. Anybody can stop on Vandy. You can almost beat Vandy. You can almost beat Vandy. You you can't almost beat Vandy. Come on now. Come on. I think yeah. I think Kentucky. I mean, Cincinnati would probably lose to Georgia. 55. And if they had to cross over, like I think they'd lose to Alabama fifty-five nothing. It's a big blue out there, but um, I think they'd probably lose to Alabama or Ole Miss. But I think they could beat anybody else. They the three teams I think they lose to would be Georgia, Alabama, or Ole Miss. I think they could beat any other SEC team this year. Again, I think they'd probably hold their own against Ole Miss. I think they could hold their own against Georgia, too. But I, I think they'd probably lose those two. And Alabama, I think they would lose as well. So, yeah, I think there's three teams. that I think they'd be the fourth best team in the SEC this year, Cincinnati. I, I don't think that's crazy. I think they're better than Kentucky. You can't. I can't make a case from being better than Arkansas or a Yeah, they probably, wouldn't, they probably wouldn't be better. They probably wouldn't be better than uh, Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. No. Georgia or Ole Miss. Uh, those would probably be the three teams. Yeah. Those would probably be the three teams. So, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so gotcha. So now that we talked about Cincy, we'll go to the other team and we'll talk about how does Bama get back to the national championship game? 
For Bama, um, it's don't beat yourselves in this game. I think if they turn, if Young kind of turns the ball over, if their offensive line kind of turns back to being more jackal in this game, like it was against Auburn, and because NCAA's defensive line is pretty good. You know, they got a linebacker. Wait till Oklahoma, Texas goes to the SEC. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Texas didn't be mediocre in the SEC. Texas, Texas hasn't <laughs> this moment. Texas had a rough year this year, but yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is definitely going to make the SEC better. Yeah, Oklahoma will. Hopefully, at some point, you think Texas will find a way to be back, but I, you know, it seems more or less likely here um, lately. It's only getting worse. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Technically, you could say making it worse. Oklahoma. We'll see what Brent Venables can do. I like the hire, but we'll see what he can do. And uh, at Oklahoma, it sounds like they, you know, we'll, we'll see what they look like tonight. But uh, more teams that don't win big games. Yeah, last well, <laughs> time Texas won a big game was Vince Young, and Oklahoma. Last time they won a big game was back in back in two thousand with Jason White with uh, no Josh Heupel when they won when they beat Florida State yeah, championship. Yeah, so it's two teams that haven't won a big game in almost two decades. So Joe yeah, does right, have right. a good point there. He does. Yeah, oh yeah, then they had and Texas hasn't been that chain game in a decade and you know haven't sniffed it since. Um you know, Oklahoma either they haven't been that yeah, it's been a while for both those two schools. Um but yeah, for Alabama, it's again, you know, they are the better team. Don't be yourself, don't let defense since they had defense line kind of you know, get after Bryce Young, get you know, get a couple sacks, kind of make you know, rush your throws in this game. Um you know, one of the sack leaves a linebacker, Darren Beavers. I know he played for UConn for a couple of years. You know, he left. Um, he'll be an NFL draft, but probably day two or day three guy. Probably somewhere around the second, the you know, third, fourth round he'll go. But um, you know, you can't let them be a game wrecker. Um, and for Alabama secondary, now Alex Pierce is a really only big kind of play threat they got. You know, he's a guy that you very throws anywhere, he's you know, he's gonna come down with it. But Alabama secondary, we've seen kind of prone to a couple breakdowns at times. You can't let Cincinnati have a big play offensively, um, you know, and kind of because I do agree. Like, I think Cincinnati's going to have trouble running the football in this game. And so if Cincinnati can get a couple big plays into secondary, you know, so they don't have to drive, you know, 10 fires, they can get some big chunk plays. I think it's going to really help. So I think Alabama's got to limit that one. But yeah, and then it's, I think it's finally too. It just, you know, Alabama's got to show up like they against Georgia. They cannot show up like high to, you know, because they should have lost against Auburn. Um, and, you know, Auburn should have beat them. They shouldn't really be in this moment. They found a way to win that game. But like Alabama's got to show up like they did against Georgia. And I think they will, but they got to make sure of that because Cincinnati's good enough to knock them off. If they don't bring their A game or even their B game, Cincinnati could knock them off. Like, Cincinnati is definitely good enough. They're not going to be feared. So Alabama's got to show up because they just show up a little bit. You know, they are the better team. Um, but yeah, like Cincinnati's no joke. They're going to give them, you know, they're, they're you know, they're not going to be afraid of this. So Bama's, Bama's got to show up. And I don't say it's going to have them ready to go. But again, just you cannot let Cincinnati hang around this game. Um, it's like the big thing. They got to they got to bring it this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Should be an interesting game between Alabama and Cincinnati. But we'll go to the second game between uh, Michigan and Georgia. And really, really, it's, it's it's that simple in this game. The team that runs the ball better is going to win the game. I feel like the team that runs the ball better is going to win the game. And I feel like that team is going to be Georgia. With James Cook, with with uh, 
Zion, with Smith and with with White and Cook, I feel like they they were they're going to run the ball better. I I I do like Michigan's front seven. I like the two edge rushers, uh, but I definitely like Georgia's. But I definitely like Georgia's front seven better with with uh with with the with the linebacker they got and with Jordan Davis. I definitely like their front seven better. I I think they contain Michigan's running game, and I think the big difference in this game is going to be George Pickens on the outside. I think George Pickens is finally going to have a good game on the outside. And I do, I, I do think that Georgia wins this, and I win. I think they, I think it's close for most of the game, but I think in the fourth quarter Georgia pulls away, and I got Georgia and, and Alabama in a rematch of the national championship game in 2017. I got a rematch between those two teams. I got Georgia beating Michigan 27 to 17. And Justin, I just predicted Georgia to win. How do you think they win it? I think for Georgia to win this game, I think Georgia Davis has got to, you know, and the rest of the defensive line has got to be able to get in Kerry McInerney's face. You know, it's not, and also stop the running game because, yeah, it's whoever can run the football is going to win this game. And, you know, and I can't see Michigan being able to go down the field to be able to throw the ball. Again, like in that, when they beat Ohio State, they got they got a couple of huge runs in that game that kind of put them in good good position. Even Michigan State, they had a couple of huge runs. Georgia doesn't let that happen. I think they've, they've like, you know, of like 20 or more yards rush or you know, big plays. I think Georgia's like first, or you know, a lot of like the least amount of big plays all year. Um, you know, like Georgia's front front seven, the linebacker, they got to shut down that running game because Kaden McNair not going to be able to throw down the field against them. Um, and you know, I, I think they could have some problems. You know, and Jordan Davis can kind of wreck them and the rest of that line. I think Georgia's going to be in good position to win this game. Um, you know, because Michigan doesn't have that deep passing attack that Bama beat them, you know, beat them with. So they shouldn't have to really worry about that too much. And then, you know, for Georgia, Stetson Bennett just had, you know, Stetson Bennett's, you know, a little bit better than Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara has played really well this year, and he's done what he's had to do, but I still think Bennett's a little bit better than McNamara. Again, he just has to make, you know, good, smart, accurate throws in this game. Yeah, you know, George Pickens, get him involved early. And, you know, try to set up that play action, set up that passing game, and then, you know, set that up and then be able to use the running game. Because um, if you keep Michigan off their, you know, on their toes in this game, I think it would be a lot easier for Georgia to be able to go down the field against them and and knock off the, the, you know, knock off the Wolverines in this game, you know. And I think, too, for Georgia, I just think the way they lost to, um, to Alabama, I, I think you see a really – you know, angry Georgia team, the way they played. And I think, you know, once again, you know, people, I think, started doubting Georgia again. So I think, you know, you're going to see a very angry, motivated Georgia team. And I think that also helps them win this game and shutting down a Michigan team that pretty much plays like them. This is going to be like a 90s, uh, 80s, 90s football game here on uh, on Friday night. Both teams are uh, going to be throwback football. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. What does Michigan got to do to win the game? Michigan, they got it as well like Cincinnati. They got to get a special teams or a defensive touchdown, you know, because I do keep Michigan. They, you know, I, I really see Michigan having a hard time hitting some big plays. You know, I, I they're not going to be able to really go on like a 20, you know, 15 yard drive, you know, going 75 yards. I just can't see that happening. And they really, the one big play at wide receiver that they lost in Rodney Bell, um, you know, was out week one or, you know, he, you know, uh, I think he tore his ACL week one against Western Michigan. You know, that was their big play threat in the receiving game, and they don't have him. And you can see it's kind of bothered them all year. 
But like a tight end, like Eric All, who had a couple big catches, you know, in the Big Ten. I remember game one of his. Iowa. I remember one of his big catches he had during the season. Yeah, against Penn State. I remember yeah. that one. Oh yeah, that yeah, that one against Penn State. Yep, like you know, that's kind of been a safety valve all year. He's gonna need him as well in this game. He's gonna have to be able to use him. He could have a you know, he's gonna have to be able to um, step up, make some plays for this for this team. At you know. McNamara's gonna have to be able to get him the ball for a safety valve there, you know, to be able to have success. And then for Georgia with Hutchinson and um, David Ojibari, um, the both defensive ends, if they can get pressure on Setson Bennett, because that's been the one thing. If you get pressure in Bennett's face, that's when he's prone to making the mistake. And if Michigan can do that and force a couple of turnovers, I think you know they got a very good shot in this game. They're gonna their defense is gonna have to win this game. Their offense is not gonna win it for them. Their defense, as I mentioned, with the defense touchdown special teams, they're gonna have to. Their defense gonna have to win them this game. They're gonna have to create some turnovers. They're gonna have to block a punt. They're gonna have to block a field goal. They're gonna have to do stuff like that. Because, um, you know, I think on the line, you know, their offensive line's been good all year, but this is the toughest test. Their offensive, you know, Michigan's offensive line got to slow down George's offensive line a bit. They got to be able to run the football. I think it'd be tough for them to do. Um, because I just don't think there have many big runs in this game. I think it'll be, I think the way I think it's gonna be close, tight, low scoring. I have Georgia win this game 21 17. I think Michigan keeps it a lot closer. I think they play hard. I think you know, I think they, I think they slow down sets and Bennett to pass it. Like, I don't think Bennett has a huge A through the air at all. Like, I think Georgia kind of Michigan shuts that down and they make Georgia one dimensional. And I, but I just think Georgia's got too much talent. For Michigan, but uh, you know, again, it wouldn't shock me either. Kirby Smart, actually, that was my last one. Kirby Smart cannot beat himself like he usually does in a tight game and a big moment. Kirby Smart cannot try to, you know, do something funky, they, like blow, like I, you know, to kind of blow like we've seen over, you know, a couple times. Um, he's got to make some smart decisions. Um, but I, I think Georgia wins this game, twenty-one to seventeen. Yeah, it should be very interesting. Two two good games in the college football playoff. I mean, it's not great for them that they're on New Year's Eve. Maybe a little bit better yeah, because yeah. there might be more people inside this year due, 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 due to COVID. It might be better for them, but not a great idea to put a play on New Year's Eve. But they might get a little bit more viewers this year. But let's get to the New Year's Day games. And uh, the funny thing about some of these bowl games is I had you have to look all the time to know who's even playing in these bowl games. That's why that's why we're not even talking about the the Outback Bowl with Penn State because we know. A bunch of guys, you know, Penn State has a bunch of guys out, you know, uh, Brisker's out, uh, uh, Brandon Smith is out, uh, Javon Dotson's out, and they, and they got one of their best pass rushers out. So, Penn, and then and Burks is out for Arkansas. We don't need to talk about that game, yeah. but we'll start, we'll start with the Fiesta Bowls. And, and this is another game which has, uh, with has guys out. And we got, uh, Notre Dame again, we have Notre Dame against uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, Kieran Williams is out for Notre Dame, and so is uh, Kyle Hamilton. They got two of their best players out. It's Marcus Freeman's opening game as Notre Dame head coach. But I, I think in this game, I think Oklahoma State pulls the upset. I like their defense. I think their defense is good. And I think they're going to be able to run the football with Warren. I think their defensive running game is, is going to be the key to them pulling an upset in the Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame. Who do you got, Justin? I got the error 21-17. to Before I mentioned that, did you see where the Penn State back quarterback Roberson's going to? He just committed where? yesterday. Where? UConn. Where? Oh, wow, wow, UConn. wow. Yeah. Hey, not a bad. Nice hey, not bad. Not bad for not a bad. Not a bad. Not a bad pickup for uh for Jim Mora. At least they got a Penn State guy as their quarterback. Not a bad pickup. Be seeing yeah, a lot of zone. 
seeing UConn run a lot of his own read, a lot of his own read and read option for UConn in, in the coming. Yeah, years. I can't wait. That's what they did back in um what seventeen when they had Rhett Lashley. That their offense was they actually scored like twenty over twenty points a game. They gave up forty five of the game. But um yeah, so I was very excited when I saw that news. But um yeah, back back to uh you know the Fiesta Bowl here. I like Notre Dame twenty one to seventeen. I know there's no Kyle Hamilton in this game. Hector Go Irish. I got him too in this He's one. He's a Notre Dame fan. Marcus Hector Hume. likes. Hector likes Notre Dame and Baylor. I think he likes Baylor. He likes Baylor yeah. too. He lives out in Waco. But Hector's a Notre Dame guy. It's a big day New Year's uh, for him. Irish, and then you got Baylor later. You got the in the Sugar Bowl against Lane. But um, yeah, you know, I think for Notre Dame, I think they're motivated to prove that uh, you know, that they you know want to Freeman and that you know, I think they want to prove to Brian Kelly too the way he left. I think it still bothers them. Um, you know, Marcus Freeman too. Next year they'll start. They'll play Ohio State Week One. That's in uh, the big house, I mean, in the horseshoe, uh, did the, but um, you know, his all mater, but that'll be a big game, week one game in September. But yeah, I, I think Spencer Sanders, I think he struggles. I think Nordane forces him to make a couple mistakes in this game. You know, I, I'm just not a big fan of him. I think Jack Cohn plays better than he does, and I, I think he makes a lot of mistakes. You know, to be deep in the battle, you know, to be another low scoring game. But I'm going to take the Irish because they have the better quarterback, 21 to 17. We got the yes, uh, we got we got the uh, uh, Capital One of the uh, Citrus Bowls. We got Iowa taking on uh, Iowa taking on Kentucky, and this should this should be an ugly game between these between these two teams. Uh, Tyler Goodson's not playing for uh, for Iowa. Kentucky has been a little has been overrated all year, even though they got the Connecticut kid. Will Levis at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's been – I feel like Kentucky's been a little overrated all year. I think it's a close game, but I'm going with the SEC. I'm going with – just because Tyler Goodson's out, I'm going with Kentucky close. Yeah, I gave Kentucky 23-17. to 17. Kentucky's defense coordinator, Brad Way, had very interesting comments saying, you know, we don't see much of the style on the SEC where I – you know, with Iowa having their two running backs with using a fullback. He said some of his defensive guys haven't seen this since, like, youth. He said even high school, like, they saw mostly spread. So – you know, he said it's going to be a little challenging to, to prepare for. But, yeah, without Tyler Goodson, I think, you know, it's going to struggle. And uh, they may not have Spencer Petras either. So they may have to use their back quarterback in this one too. And, I, you know, now Petras is nothing special. But, you know, again, he's better than their backup, Alex um, Padlia. So I, I see Iowa having a hard time moving the football in this game. Mark Stoops is all a monitor. So, um, you know, I know he's going to be motivated, ready to go. I think Will Levis does enough. I think, you know, with, um, you know, their ability to kind of be balanced attack, I think they do enough. Wendell Robinson, I think, played well. I think Levis does enough. I think he's, you know, they may not really get that running game going too much, but I think, you know, the defense makes a couple plays for him, and I think Kentucky does find a way to beat them 23-17. We got the granddaddy of them all as we got Utah and and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I, I think there's an upset here. I think the biggest reason, obviously, is the two guys that opted out. Uh, Garrett, uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, they've opted out for Ohio State. I think Utah's been playing really well. They crushed Oregon twice. They crushed Oregon uh, at the end of the year to end their college, their college football playoff hopes. And then they crushed Oregon again in the, in the, in the, uh, in the Pac-12 championship game. And I think that they continue to play well. As of now, I, David Lloyd's still playing at linebacker. Tavion Thomas is, up, is, up, is, is obviously playing. I think he's gonna, Tavion Thomas is going to have a big day running the football because uh, – because one of Ohio State's best defensive tackles is opting out. Uh, and I think C.J. Stroud's going to have a tough time throwing the ball. So I think this is going to be a close competitive game. But I got Utah pulling the upset in the Rose Bowl. 
I'm with you. I got the huge two thirty one twenty four, and I saw this. I heard this this morning too. This is how this this should just be a true indicator of how much Ohio State cares. Their fans have returned seven thousand tickets to the Rose Bowl, so like they even the Ohio State fans would even want to go now. Like yeah, because I mean they played I, the national championship game last year. Why do they care about the Why yeah. do they care about the Rose Bowl? They played that, and it's yeah. crazy to say that because because that because that like twenty five years ago, that's what you played for as a Big Ten champion. But nowadays. Who cares? Who cares about the? Who cares? Now that they played in the national championship game last year, and they got their two best receivers out. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It, you know, it, it. This is why I know we kind of had this discussion a little bit last night, going back and forth. But yeah, it's they got to somehow fix it because it, it is kind of ridiculous of this bull structure the way it is now. Because um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think because Ohio State, yeah, Ohio State wanted to be in the, you know, in the champion or in the semifinals. They're not there now, and. The Rose Bowl is great, but to them, it's it's just a Rose Bowl to them. They don't, you know, just another game to them. So, yeah, I think in Utah, you know, they're going to do the same formula that Michigan did and Oregon did to beat them. They're going to run the football. They're going to dare them to stop them. They're going to keep C.J. Stroud and that offense off the field. And, yeah, and this is Utah's first ever, you know, trip it to the Rose Bowl. So, these guys are going to be motivated. I love Kyle Winningham. He's a phenomenal coach. He's, you know, has – Utah is always competitive. Um, you know, he's one of the most underrated guys in the country. Yeah, Devin Lloyd, 22 tackles for a loss, eight sacks in the year. I think he could be the game record. Um, you know, but again, we'll see kind of what Ohio State has receiver-wise for next year. Like, you know, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. now is going to be probably the number two receiver. So he could have a big day. Um, Smith and Nigba could have another big day, but – I, I like Utah. I think that team's motivated, and I got them 34, 20, 31 to 24, knocking out the Buckeyes. So we got the Sugar Bowl between Baylor and Ole Miss, and as of right now, Matt Corral is playing. But I might be – but seeing what's happened with Kenny Pickett opting out, I would no. not be shocked. What do you say? He what No, he already said he's committed to play. He's committed. He's playing. He's like, I'm not until, injured. Until, until, until it's until it's five o'clock on uh, on Saturday, and he's and and until it's eight o'clock on Saturday, and he's playing. Then I'll believe that. Okay, Kenny Pickett already, you know, he already opted out of his bowl game. Corral is projected to be a, a he's the second. He's projected to be the second best quarterback in this draft class. I know it's not a great quarterback class, but until it's eight mm-hmm. o'clock on Saturday, I'm not buying the whole. Oh, he's going to play in the game. Okay, there've been so many guys opting out. I'm not buying that. But assuming. Matt, Matt Corral. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see Joe's comment. UCLA said they were playing NC State. <laughs> they didn't show up. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. It, it, until Matt Corral's you know, getting putting his helmet on at eight, eight o'clock on uh, Saturday night, I'm not buying that. But assuming Matt Corral plays, I think that Ole Miss wins this game by a couple scores. I feel like Baylor in a good year, but they were lucky to win the uh, to win the big to win the uh, Big Twelve championship. Uh, it took Oklahoma State to turn the ball over four times to win that game. So. I got Ole Miss. I think Matt Corral is a big game. I got Ole Miss scoring, scoring in the 30s and winning this game by two scores and winning the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I got Ole Miss too. Now this was his full comment because I do, I do hear what you're saying and I do, I do like agree with you. But like I, he, he said, it never crossed my mind to sit out of this game. Coral said, "I'm healthy. I'm gonna give these guys everything I got till it's over." Like I, I you know, when I read that, I'm like, I, I. Again, like I think if he turns his back on Saturday night, I you know, Friday between now and then, I guess I wouldn't, you know, like I, I don't think he'd do that now after what he said. I think, you know, um, what is his agent think? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, I know he could change his mind in the next few days. It would sink, but yeah, right now, 
that UCLA one's create uh that as he mentioned, the UCLA one is absolutely empty states like you know saying that their players vote UCLA players voted they just didn't want to play I I don't know um but yeah as long as Matt Corral plays I think this game I think they do win by a couple scores I have 34 to 21 just because Gary Bohinen I think he's gonna go but he suffered a hamstring injury and he hasn't played since November the 20th I believe he's gonna go but I don't know how healthy he is and their backup um 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 Blackton yeah, uh, or Sharpen. I think Blake Sharpen. Blake Sharpen. He, he, yeah. yeah, Blake Sharpen. Yeah. Um, you know, he got hurt, so he sounds like he's not going to be. He's got a shoulder, and it sounds like he's not going to be able to give it a go. So I don't know how healthy Ole Miss's quarterback or, or I mean Baylor's quarterback is going to be, and I think that makes a huge difference in this game. You know, Brandon Bass, their third string, but he hasn't played all year. Um, I you know, in a game like the Sugar Bowl, I tough spot to kind of call on a on a you know first time starter here to kind of get it done against Ole Miss. I know their defense not great, but if Baylor can run the football and keep Matt Corral in that offense up the field, they have a very good chance. Ole Miss defense is better than last year, but it's still not the greatest thing in the world. Um and as, as long as Lane Kiffin just does not go for it on fourth and seven every time, then they've gone for it on fourth down 42 times. They've only punted like 38 times. <laughs> like just insane some of the stuff he's doing, but you know, this is the toughest defense Ole Miss. I mean, Baylor's – this is the toughest offense Baylor's faced all year. I mean, they did face Oklahoma. They did a great job, but Oklahoma's offense is not what it usually is this year. But I just think Baylor's going to have a tough time slowing down this high-octane offense of Ole Miss. And I see them finding – I see Ole Miss finding a way to get it done in the Sugar Bowl on Saturday night. Yeah, it should be interesting with all the New Year's uh, New Year's Day bowl games. Uh, even though you know we don't have some we don't have some of the key players playing, we do have some good matchups in these games. But we're going to wrap up the show talking about kind of recent breaking news. Thanks to Joe, he got us to his breaking news. Kyle Seeger is retiring uh, after 11 seasons with the Seattle Mariners, and this one surprises me. First, his age, 34. I still think, and he had one of his best seasons last year for them. And and second, this Mariners team is on the cusp of you know be getting to the playoffs for the first time in over two decades. Last year they were this close to getting to the playoffs, and they added Robbie Ray as well. So this move this move surprises me. I know I know he was I know he was going to be a free agent, but this move surprises me. Yeah, it does. And I just wonder if they, for whatever reason, Seattle don't want to bring him back, and he just kind of doesn't want to play for anybody else besides Seattle. That's kind of where my thing is going right now. I know because I think he said it like August, September, they asked him about it. He's like, I want to be a Mariner for life. Like, I don't want to play for anybody else. And I know some of the you know, guys usually always say that, but maybe he took it to heart. Like, you know, mid- Seattle wasn't, doesn't want me. I don't want to play for anyone. His wife announced it via Twitter. Wife That's, via Twitter. So yeah. it's even his wife. So kind of an odd one the way yeah, it was yeah, announced. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was odd. Like, it was odd. Yeah. It, it was it, odd. But it, yeah. It, it, Oh, absolutely surprising just because of how close the Mariners were, how close the Mariners were. I yeah. felt like this was a year where the Mariners could, you know, take that, take that next step. Yeah, no, and I would say, yeah, in the way they kind of played, you know, all year, they were surprised at Major League Baseball, them, the Red Sox. And, yeah, they, they're right there. And it's like that, you know, and I wanted to see that guy have a chance because, you know, he's been there for so long. They haven't been able to help him get over the hump and finally looks like they're going to be able to. And, yeah, now he's not going to be a part of it. So yeah, I know that part of it stinks. You got to wonder, I just wonder, you know, I don't know if nobody else wanted them for, you know, if Seattle just didn't want to bring them back for whatever reason, which, you know, we're saying, cause he's a mayor for life. They could have probably traded him, you know, back in the early years and got a good package for him. Cause he was a pretty, you know, yeah, this year he had a pretty good player. 
this year he was. You know, I know first few years he was a really good player as well, and it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, it stinks. It's surprising that right there, and I don't know why they wouldn't want to bring him back. I don't know, but um, it's unfortunate. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. That's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. Big thanks to Joe for stepping in and producing today. Great job. Uh, and for Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the final week of the NFL season and previewing the national championship game. Have a great new year, everyone. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley! And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole. And it is... God. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball because the Yankees are not or even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees.